Hello and welcome to Tucson Bitcoin Podcast. My name is Alex and today my guest is Skeef. This episode is actually the first episode of another show that I started with Skeef called Toxic Airwaves. And it is turning out to be a pretty fun show. We had a pretty active chat uh, this last one and we had some technical difficulties with our call-in feature, but we should have that sorted out. Uh, We're going to be using Twitter spaces, so if people want to call in and... Uh, interact with the show they're welcome to do it that way as well as in the chat Uh, but yeah i'm really excited about this show we're you know essentially just dunking on all of these scammers that are out there so this last episode uh, this episode you know we talked about icp token or internet computer token um, not to be associated with the clown posse Uh, but it's just a big joke you know people just lost so much money and had you been listening to Real Vision and Rao Paul, uh, you would have been in a world of trouble, you know, financially, potentially, you know, because they give all of these really dumb investment strategies where you just lump all of this money into a bunch of scams and only have like a fraction of a Bitcoin. And it's just bad advice. You know, Bitcoin is so much more than an investment. It's so much more than a stock. It is a monetary network that is really having the potential to usher in some freedom you know we're watching that happen globally it's all of these people that were unbanked are adopting it you know and even here domestically you know for me personally it's protecting me from what the fed's doing right now you know with their crazy inflationary monetary policy and that's kind of what we're going to talk about on the show you know we're going to talk about the scams we're going to talk about you know the scams in contrast to bitcoin and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it so anyways i hope you enjoy this episode Alrighty, welcome to Toxic Airwaves. Good to have you on, Skeet. You have to have your mic. All right, thanks for hosting. Sweet. Okay, I think we're good. That's okay. We're going to have some hiccups tonight. If you want to call in, uh, join the Discord server. You can check it out on toxicairwaves.show. Got some instructions for you. Hopefully we'll get some calls. We'll be taking calls uh, throughout the show. Um, yeah, so got some sponsors for us. Yeah, we uh, came up with the show in under a week and managed to land some really, really great sponsors. Uh, the first one is called BitCloud Jesus Consulting Services. They are a uh, market leader in what they call philosophical consulting services and are, oh, sorry, I didn't mess up the mic. Um, and anyway, they, I lost my place. Um, BitCloud, BitCloud Jesus Consulting yeah. Services. And so what they do is they are going to help you develop really complicated and meaningless pitches, investor relations, all that kind of stuff. They're they're here to help you out with that. So if you're trying to uh, really scam a whole bunch of people and dump on retail, definitely check out BitCloud Jesus mm-hmm. Consulting Services. And uh, if you want to help out the show, use our promo code uh, BreedLoveGotWrecked. Nice. Why would somebody want to use that service instead of some nifty DeFi platforms? Uh, well, really the two kind of go hand in hand. Because if you're trying to set up a new DeFi platform, you're trying to get people in and really kind of obfuscate the facts and get people to um, to buy in without doing much critical thinking. That's 
that's an area where BitCloud Jesus can really come in and, and, and make a difference and provide a lot of value. Makes sense. Facts are just so inconvenient when it's it comes true. to shitcoin. Like, man, why why would somebody use BitCloud Jesus instead of like Real Vision? Um, you know, again, there's there's going to be a lot of overlap. Um, the Venn diagram is not quite a circle, but it's close, and uh, it's. A lot of people that would that really like the real vision content like to get their information from there. I think Bitcloud Jesus Consulting could be a good way to to take things to the next level and really enact a lot of the great information that you get from Real Vision, which uh, I think would be valuable to a lot of people with uh, mountains of VC money and no principles, which nice. is kind of their target market. Nice, perfect. Sounds like a great service. I for yeah. I was about to say I endorse it, but I definitely don't. But. <laughs> cool. On to the next one. All right. And then uh, we, got, we were managed to line up a local sponsor, too, which was pretty awesome. Um, right off the campus of the University of Arizona is a fun little bar called Dirt Bags. Uh, shout out to all the other Dirt Bags and everybody who knows what that means. And uh, they are, um, and I just found out this recently, but they are... Um, easily the best place in Southern Arizona to meet your future ex-wife. Um, it's frequented by a lot of the Greek community. Um, it's a really great place to hang out with a bunch of woke 21-year-olds who, uh, you know, you want to hear about systemic racism. You want to hear about, you know, what's wrong with the world from people who have no ability or understanding about anything. Uh, it's a really wonderful place. Definitely go go check it out. They uh, were kind enough to sponsor us with a beer a week. So it's a great they, deal. Very thankful for that uh, highly paid promotion. Yeah. Man, we really need 20-something-year-olds running the country. It's true. They have the, it's the only way to get through the issues that we're, we're seeing today. They are the future. Um, make great decisions. Yeah. 100% agree. Know everything. Yeah, especially the ones holding Doge right now. Exactly. To the moon. Cool. So we have a shitcoin to outline tonight. Um, really, really excited about this one. Heard a lot about it on Twitter recently. Max Kaiser um, might have offended some people talking about it, which was good. It is called ICP, which is not associated with the Juggalos, um, though that was the first thing that I thought. And the project's called the Internet Computer. So... What are your thoughts on the internet computer, Steve? So I actually planned to buy some until I found out there was no association with Insane Clown Posse. Mm. And that's kind of a deal breaker for me. I Makes really, sense. really only invest in shit coins that are related to uh, terrible, what are they, 90s? I think they were 90s, something like that. Um, but Maybe yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, but I, I did look into it a little bit. So their whole world is... They want to decentralize the cloud, AWS competitor of sorts, something like that, as far as I could tell. Hmm. And it's it's another classic example of why do you need a blockchain? Why do you need a token? And on top of that, your idea sucks. Yeah. And so I, you know, usually before I research these things, I tend to have some sympathy for the people that got rug pulled. And then I looked into this one and um, it's kind of one of those things where anybody that got taken by this one, um, probably would have gone to Scientology next anyway. So not terribly concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. So it launched in May. It went from a price of a few hundred bucks 
I have dark mode on. It doesn't work well. Okay. It had a high of like 430 bucks, and today it is trading at about 40. Um, so that's a pretty, pretty impressive decline. Pretty steep discount. Yeah. Yeah. That's worse than a IPO. Um, worse than the Uber IPO. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And uh, our good friend Ral Pal was uh, hyping it up, <laughs> I guess. Who, who incidentally also is a, an endorser of uh, BitClout Jesus Consulting Services. Oh, wow. He and I saw that, uh, you know, when the, the CEO released his um, kind of magnum opus of sorts this past week, um, two really big supporters of that were uh, Voorhees and then uh, Raul Paul. So very, very good company to be keeping there for sure. I didn't realize that Voorhees was a supporter. Yeah, he um, thought it was a, I forget the exact wording, but something to the effect of it was a very well thought out and well written um, dismantling of toxic maximalism. Nice. Yeah, he, he's the expert. For sure. He knows yeah. it. Yeah, somebody's been a great Bitcoin supporter from day one. So for sure. So yeah, back to ICP token. So I mean it seems like it's just, you know, a more fancy replication of like EOS or like what yeah. Ethereum wanted to be. Yeah. It's yeah. It's I was I was actually talking to some people about this earlier today, uh in the dirtbags chat. But I so initial so my initial exposure to cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all that was meeting a bunch of Ethereum people and very quickly realizing, oh, this is exactly the kind of person I've always hated working with. It's like the idea person who has all these abstract ideas about how the world should work and little to no connection to reality as far as actually doing anything in the real world, you know, that's worthwhile. And that... I was I kept thinking of that as I was learning about this new insane clown posse token. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the amazing thing to me about Ethereum is like if you look at like the market for what they're trying to disrupt, it, it is relatively small compared to Bitcoin's uh what the market they're trying to we're trying to disrupt. I mean, the application market is just a fraction of like store of value that's out there of all the bonds and and fiat currencies and all of that nonsense that's out there yeah it's it's absolutely phenomenal you know to hear these you know eth people talk about you know their their games that they're playing their crypto kitties their um i don't know all sorts of stuff and it, i think the core thing like it really goes back to misunderstanding what what are we doing here which is that was you know i was never and this isn't like 2020 hindsight or anything like i was never a massive breed love fan um, you know, I liked Jordan Peterson. He kind of sold himself as the Bitcoin Jordan Peterson of sorts. So I, you know, paid attention to him. But it's like the big frustration was, for me at least, was we're doing one thing, which is ending human slavery. Like that's what is happening, you know. And the guy wrote a whole book about slavery, time is, you know, time theft, all that kind of stuff. And so it's like when people kind of get caught up in, you know, we're, you know, to do this with smart contracts that with smart contracts and it's like okay you know do do fun little science experiments but at the end of the day like this is about in my opinion is about ending the state and ending human slavery and it's like and everything else is just kind of a little side detail as far as i'm concerned and it's like the people that you know try to get rich through 
shitcoining or being shitcoin adjacent or whatever. It's like you're staring at the greatest opportunity that humanity has to to do all these wonderful things to end human slavery, to end all this stuff. And you know, what are we what are we doing? You trying to get a little bit of extra cash today? Oh, we got Joe Rogers in the chat. Hell Wait, yeah. do you have Joe Rogers in the chat? I mean, and Santos. Oh, Santos, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of silly. I mean, but without the state, though, we wouldn't have roads and schools. That's another fantastic point that Mr. Raul Paul makes. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make that point. That's funny. Um, While living in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. Which has roads. I yeah. assume. I haven't been there. But. Fiat king to crypto king. Yeah. He's the man. Mad respect for a guy. Goldman Sachs. Well, Raul got a little bit butthurt recently, which was kind of fun. So he said, I want to publicly thank Max Kaiser for amb or sorry, for abusing me on Twitter, flushing out all the toxic Bitcoiners, uh, in parentheses, new term, allowed me to block a couple hundred to clean up my feed. Cheers, Max. Meanwhile, I love Bitcoin and all the and love the digital asset space onwards. Um, so that's a pr pretty fantastic response. Yeah. It, yeah. Just the, I don't know, the general intellectual dishonesty that these people have as far as, you know, I'm exploring ideas. This is a free market. I thought this was a free market. I thought, you know, it's like, no, nobody's trying to get the state to come crack down on you. We just think you're a complete moron who's scamming people and, Taleb is pretty disgraced now, but I did like his phrase, if you know, if you see a fraud and don't say a fraud, then you're a fraud. And I 100% would endorse that. Wasn't he, Taleb, speaking at a BSV conference yeah. pretty recently? And then somebody photoshopped it and added breed love, which is pretty hilarious. Gosh. But yeah, no, but Taleb definitely did. Yeah. I'm I'm just amazed at how much material we're going to have for this show. <laughs> just dunk it on shit coiners. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. That, and it'll, and I think it mostly it'll be, I don't know. I just think it'll be a fun show, fun to shoot the shit, have a good time. Yeah, we'll work through some of these technical difficulties and get it up and running. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I, I was, I, I made sure to follow a bunch of shit coiners this week on Twitter, you know, which I've been successful at avoiding for quite a while. And, and it just blew my mind, you know, the, what I was looking at, just the insanity of all of it. It was, it was pretty silly. So kind of going back to like the thesis of like what we're trying to do with Bitcoin, you know, you're talking about ending the state and, and helping people out of slavery, essentially. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about why the shit coins don't, aren't able to accomplish that relative, you know, even remotely. Yeah. I mean, the, I think the most basic answer is, the name of the game at the end of the day is state censorship. If we're not resistant to state censorship, then, you know, we're just sitting there with our dick in our hands and it's, you know, I mean, that's like, like something, even something as huge as Ethereum, like think about what it would take to shut that down. It would take Amazon changing their policy to say, we no longer allow cryptocurrency on our platform, period, done. Everything hosted on AWS is gone. Um, it would take, the Department of Justice coming up with some bullshit, or maybe not bullshit, I don't know, but like, I mean, 
anyway, coming up with some kind of charges that they can put a couple of key developers behind, a, you know, in a cage done, you know, the people that control the monetary policy, the people that lead the development of everything. Um, and it's, you know, and so it just kind of exposed like how much of a farce the whole decentralization thing is. And that's what, like when I am talking to people, well, I try to avoid kind of talking to shit coiners unless they're at least somewhat receptive, but that's what I do try to make the point of it's like, you know, if we're talking about decentralization, there's one point that matters and that's resistance to the state. Like the whole, yeah. you know, a big part of the value proposition of Bitcoin is that the Chinese government and the U S government can get together and say, we hate this. It's illegal. No one can use it. And just keeps chugging along, keeps putting out blocks. You know, there'd be some short-term pain, probably be some bad effects on the price, but you know, in general, I think the people that really get the value proposition would would welcome would almost almost welcome not quite welcome almost but like I think would almost welcome something like that because the outcome is, you know, the Bitcoin that's out there flows from people who don't understand it to people who do understand it and people who you know understand what it what it can do long term. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Mike Novogratz uh, advocating for uh, DeFi KYC the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I should have worn my KYC as the illicit activity shirt. Yeah. I'll wear it next week. Well, I mean, first of all, it's not really DeFi if it's all on uh, AWS and then, you know, it's not yeah. DeFi if there's KYC. Yeah. Put Chase Bank in front of it. You have to go through Plaid to... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that I was almost at that point rolling on the floor, dying <laughs> with laughter. It was just Yeah. But but this is what ICP is supposed to fix. Yeah. Yeah. It uh well it's almost there. It's uh they just need a couple of more developer I don't know what they need. <laughs> they just need you to continue buying their, their shit coin to fund their endeavors. Yeah. Well, it's another, I mean, the, and then the other part of it is why do they need their own token? Like, it's a classic example of that. Sorry, I'm looking at the chat and it's hilarious. He says, he died for our grins <laughs> talking about BitCloud Jesus. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what the fuck is DeFi KYC? Do you upload your docs to the blockchain? That's that. That'd be my best guess. Is uh, if you want your driver's license on Ethereum for all of time, you would you would have to go not, and probably time. It's yeah, it's done. But you'll have to go and talk to Mike Novogratz about what he's thinking, because apparently he's the expert on DeFi KYC. But I remember a couple of weeks ago, Mark Cuban got rug pulled, and suddenly, first of all, he's been claiming to be a libertarian for years, which mm. is a pile of horseshit. Um, but he got rug pulled and then was suddenly talking about how much more regulation we need in the stable coin space and all this stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Cuban starts uh, advocating for FDIC insurance on all of them. Well, he was, he was such a massive shit coiner last cycle. It's like, we shouldn't be terribly surprised about this cycle. I mean, this stuff is so silly. Like going back, like Bitcoin is the, you know, you said this to me one time, Skeef, and I, I continue to, you know, share this as much as I can with people. Bitcoin's the most important freedom technology that we have today, like by far. Um, and 
you know, ICP is just an extension of that. We need, <laughs> and that's the point. Like we, like we've we've gone to a couple Libertarian Party events here, and that's, I don't know. That's I, when I talk to people from that crowd, that's the point I try to make is that all of your, you know, your principles are wonderful. We totally, you know, generally align on pretty much all of it, even if you are a gold bug. Um, but as far as the danger of central banking, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's that, that's the point I try to make to them is that, you know, in 2021, all your principles are completely neutered without Bitcoin. Like if you don't have sovereign money that you can control and do what you want with, and that's protected from 100% protected inflation and, and everything like that, it's kind of pissing in the wind in my humble and always correct opinion. Yeah. I mean, these other projects don't even come close to achieving you know what bitcoin has it's really difficult to like create this decentralized network of people all over the world in the same way that bitcoin has and um you know you we, let's see let's go through the top 10 cryptos right now i hate that word it's such a bad word cryptos ethereum number two we all know that's not very decentralized even though they claim it is one core group of developers it all runs like nobody can run a node. So we had, we had an ETH, ETH guy come to the Bitcoin meetup in Tucson the other day. And, uh, you know, he was just, his mind was just boggled when I was explaining to him how to run a Bitcoin node um, <laughs> and how easy it was. <laughs> yeah. Just blew, absolutely blew my mind. It was absolutely fantastic. Shout out to uh, Rolo McFlugel on Twitter, who has a really, really nice guide for running a Bitcoin core node. It's, it's basically a blog post with screenshots that say, Go to here, click next, 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 done. Like wait three days and then you're done. All right. It's like the whole point of it is just like a sarcastic kind of thing, showing how easy it is to, to download and run it. Now I would like to see I like just out of curiosity, I'd like to see the guide to running an ETH node. I think who was it? Was it Pierre? Somebody got together the specs and it's like the smallest machine you because I mean you need I don't know if it's petabytes or what of storage, but like basically the smallest machine that you could possibly run an ETH node on was like 40 or 50 grand or something like that. Cause you need like, probably don't, like terabytes of memory. And don't you need to like have a certain amount of like the ETH token to run a node? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's some ridiculously large amount. Okay, number three, Tether. That I've never used. I'm not. Well, I've never used any of these, but no, I was I was fortunate to come into Bitcoin largely off of the Bitcoin standard. And so I went from, you know, kind of a sort of a typical finance bro approach to Bitcoin of, oh, I think this is a good investment. It'll probably do pretty well. I should have a little, you know, maybe I'll sell a little later if I want to buy a house or something like that. And then I get about 40% through the Bitcoin standard and realize, oh, no, this is all I should ever own, like, period. Like, I don't even know if I want a car. And uh, I mean, I have a car, so I pussied out on that. But, um, but yeah, I don't, like, I'm looking at the list on the screen now, realizing how little of it I'm familiar with. Well, there's only a couple that are, you know, still up in the top 20 that were in the top 20 in 2018 when I got in. And so, like, some familiar names, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, XRP. Um, I don't think Cardano was in the top 20 back then, um, but that's been around for a while. Tether, of course. 
And the, wasn't it the Cardano founder that did five hours with Lex Friedman? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did a little bit. <laughs> he He's like Charles Hoskinson. That's yeah. his name. He's yeah. like Craig Wright 2.0. He, he was making me laugh because he said he doesn't understand like the use case of Bitcoin. It's like, man, if you're saying that, you got to be the silliest person ever. Like, you don't, that means like you don't understand the use case of the best money known to man. Like, you don't understand the use case of the dollar, you know, which is a shit honorable mention to Epsilon theory. Yeah. That guy, uh, that's Ben Hunt, right? Yeah, I believe, I believe Epsilon theory is Ben Hunt. He, uh, I, kept uh, every time he tweeted i for a long time until he finally blocked me i asked him to change his name to mike and he as far as i know never obliged oh is that clancy we got clancy on air all right a minute. hey clancy make fun of us or something so oh, he just 7.75 shout out yeah oh full metal too man we got a whole crew in here this oh, is man. awesome in the intro hello? oh hello hey we can hear you Oh, I'm muted on Discord. We can hear you, Clancy. Is this the Ethereum What's that? This is the call-in line. Yeah, it is. Talk shit, something. Oh, and Al. What the shit is this? Your guess is as good as ours, Al. This is us getting a new hobby on Monday evenings. That's what this is. Yeah. It's going to get exponentially better every week, and you don't even need to buy a token to fund us. Now, Al is the courageous leader of uh, the Dirtbags group. Uh, you might, Al, I don't think you were on earlier, but uh, Dirtbags Bar in Hello, Tucson. Hello, I need help, oh. uh, need help uh, running my Ethereum node. Hello? <laughs> we do, too. No clue where to start on that. First thing you got to do is spend six figures on AWS, that's for sure. How much Bitcoin is enough? That's a great question. I don't know. 21 million. Yeah, I haven't. I'm, I still buy as much as I can, so I haven't found a good answer to that yet. Um, but Al, what I was saying is we are actually sponsored by Dirtbags Bar here in Tucson. So we're very, very excited about that. It's, I will sue that bar into oblivion. Hey, I, no, you can't sue our our primary sponsor. They're paying us a beer a week, but it's it, currently it's a made up beer. But we plan to get something in writing to make it an, a a real beer at some point. That would be ideal. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. Again, kind of show them again. Wonderful place to hang out with a bunch of woke twenty one year olds. Um, if you want to hear drunk rants about systemic racism and critical race theory and gender studies and all that kind of stuff. Wonderful, wonderful spot right off the campus of uh, the U of A. Yeah, I mean, I think so many people are just so bigoted. That's true. And have so much privilege and don't realize it. And Dirtbags is a great place to go learn about that. It's true. i uh thinking about auditing a gender studies course at the U of A and uh, incorporating that into this show. <laughs> Let's see what Al said. What did he say? He said, my public defender says you can sue. <laughs> Kelly Lannon says you're going to need more than one beer for that conversation. I think so. Oh, that's funny. Oh, man. Yeah, they're bagged. They have $6 burgers, like third pound bur burgers. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. 
great company, great, well, mediocre food at a decent price. I haven't had their food. I haven't been inside. I've just driven by so far. Yeah. We'll have to go check them out. We sometime. talked about potentially, potentially uh, once we get up and running, potentially doing a live event in the parking lot or something like that. Just uh, interviewing a bunch of, bunch of drunk frat people and sorority people on the way, seeing what they think about Bitcoin. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Be a good time. It, it's kind of amazing for me to talk to some of these, you know, U of A kids sometimes, uh, you know, about Bitcoin and. and how clueless it is. I mean, when you're just like down the rabbit hole, it's easy to forget, you know, what it's like to be on the other side of it where, yeah, it's, I remember my first days, like I got on a Coinbase account and was super interested, you know, like all of the, I ended up buying EOS. <laughs> the, the precursor to ICP. ICP. Yeah, man. They, they paved the way. Yeah, that's why ICP is going to be uh, successful because they learned from EOS's mistakes. Just a little minor dip about, yeah. to, about to head to the moon. Yeah, you just got to hodl. Hodl all the way down, you know, a month period from its initial listing of like 450 and then down to 50 bucks. Really great investment thesis is to just hodl the latest thing that you see on Real Vision. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much guaranteed to... Uh, to work so how do you think keith mccullough is doing these days um yeah so i don't know so for the longest time i had a trading course i was chilling on twitter with the promo code queef mccullough is a bitch and uh didn't get anyone to sign up for it unfortunately but um that's the yeah so this is the guy who said wine is a store of value um gish got absolutely body slammed by by sailor multiple times like it was that the classic uh what's the gif of stop stop he's already dead from simpsons <laughs> i just kept thinking of that the whole time i was listening <laughs> that was a pretty epic interview between sailor and mccullough oh this is a really good point we got a very good point from don reddy or reedy in the chat he says can we discuss how important reparations are icp holders deserve more then, oh jeez, more than the <laughs> descendants of slavery. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't quite want to read the whole thing on air. Um, no, I think it's a good point, and it ties in a, the two themes: our, you know, our primary sponsor, dirt bags, and then also the ICP token, and uh, it kind of brings together whole world of critical race theory and systemic racism along with uh, shitcoining which is really a you know match made in heaven very a lot of overlap between the two communities for sure already yeah i mean on the topic of reparations um i mean honestly like i, I think it's fair like i think a reparation is an order in the sense of like you get your reparation by realizing that these people are idiots and not making the same mistakes again and you learn a lot through that process of like not getting scammed by everybody and taking advantage of and buying bitcoin instead of buying shitcoin and i think that in itself is like a, a pretty huge deal for people um so that that's my response to that of like I mean, it, it only takes a little bit of reading to understand about like how the Fed is just scamming everyone 
and just destroying the re I mean you could read like three Alex Gladstein articles and then have like a better understanding than ninety nine percent of the world on why central banking is so evil. Yeah. Well it's like I, I generally take the view that the mob throughout all of history has never mattered and never so will evil. matter. Oh, what do we got somebody? I generally take the view that the mob throughout all of history oh. has never mattered and never will matter. Okay, we got oh, some feedback. I generally take the view that the mob Okay. What a sound bite. The mob has never mattered. Yeah. What were we talking about right before that? Shit coins. I don't know. Lost it. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Mob doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, and that just that these, I mean, there's a huge part of the population. You know, I call it the mob. You can call it whatever you want. Is either just totally incapable or unwilling to like actually critically evaluate the world around them. And so, I don't know, like one of the reasons I was interested in this show is that it's an extremely narrow niche audience. Like if we, if we hit a hundred listeners, that'd be, that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty impressive um, in the short term for sure. And like, I like things like that, that, that self select to a certain group of people. You know, that's why, you know, I rarely miss a Bitcoin meetup if it's remotely close to me. Cause it's just, you know, those, those are my people. Those are my, that's my crowd. And I, I don't know. It's like whenever I, and you know, got a different job recently with a Bitcoin company, which is just fantastic. Like being around those kind of people at work too. And yeah, it's been, been a very positive, positive development because it's the further kind of go down that road, the harder it is to talk to people that, you know, watch CNN or <laughs> sitcoms or something like that yeah i was having an argument on twitter with somebody that had a joe biden kamala harris uh you know campaign picture as their profile picture and i could have been totally getting trolled because that's something that i would have done you know is like make a fake account with um that and go and argue with people about why they're the greatest ever because you know people get upset but i think there's genuinely people that believe that stuff and they just get sucked into it and it's like the same thing with trump um like i i sometimes like overlap with circles like that and it's kind of you know interesting i mean was there ever a point in your life where you were just a total npc like bought into it um i was for a long so i was kind of your traditional constitutional libertarian for quite a while. Like I spent a long time thinking that, you know, the answer to our problems was getting libertarians elected who respected the constitution and a bunch of other really retarded stuff like that. Um, and then it was kind of a couple of things. Like for me, for me, Bitcoin was a lot of it, but like really being turned on to this idea that technology is what guarantees rights. Like that's like, Encryption guarantees rights, guns guarantee rights, 3D printing guarantees rights, Bitcoin guarantees rights. Like, you know, these are the these are the things that guarantee rights. And, you know, it's not, you know, as long as we're dependent on some old corrupt, you know, banker or some old person in Washington, D.C., like we're going to be totally fucked. And that's that's another thing that I try to communicate to the libertarian crowd is. You know, it's like, 
you guys are you're playing their game on their terms it's never going to work that way like we need to opt out and play a totally different game on our terms and they can like it or not like it or whatever and it doesn't matter um, i think as more and more people wake up to that it'll be great um you know and we're kind of talking about the npc mob earlier like i was telling you before we started recording like i you know an idea that i try to kind of promote and convince people of is that these folks are to be treated you know more or less like dogs and <laughs> i mean that in the way of like you know i'm never going to be mean to them i'm never going to go out of my way to you know be nice you know be reasonably kind whatever you know if i see a hungry one i'll feed it but there's just no way i'm going to pretend like these people have a valid perspective on the world you know i'm not going to ask you know i'm not going to ask their you know if they tell me they think homeschooling should be illegal or think that they have something to say about what firearms I can own, you know, I'm just going to, you know, kind of give them a little pat on the head and go about my day. Like these are not, these are not people that, that can, that should be engaged with critically, in my opinion. My dog just got up and walked out. <laughs> yeah. I think she was offended like, that you were likening these NPCs. You talking to, shit? Yeah. It's true. Our third co-host was laying on the ground next to me for a while. So Don Reddy says, as long as Caitlyn Jenner gets elected, our guns, 3D printers, and Bitcoin bags will be safe. Absolutely sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, anything we can do to denigrate the office of the president and politicians and anything like just expose it as the absolute, just complete nonsense farce that it is, I think is wonderful. So elect Caitlyn Jenner, elect a rabbit, like whatever, like anything. You know, I said rabbit, but. Um, supreme yeah but it's like like any like because a lot of people still attribute legitimacy to this whole apparatus which just blows my mind like absolutely blows my mind but. yeah i think it was vague that i was talking about um uh the libertarian party is a bunch of larpers oh for sure i think it's libertarians for yeah sure. yeah i mean I, I just think like most people in politics that are are, are like that i mean it's Joe Biden has been fantastic. He said some like really incredible things um, since he's gotten elected, yeah. such as uh, um, guns won't protect you from the government. You need F-15s and nukes. And then the other thing he said was that, um, you know, he is essentially the one that decides, you know, the Constitution, you know. And I thought that those were pretty telling. You know, a lot of people talked about Trump as being this like uh, – person that just said whatever was on his mind and let things slip. But I think those two things are, yeah. Yeah. It, it's really exposing. Lord knows she likes to drive it. Like she stole it. <laughs> Libertarians who don't own Bitcoin are lovers. It's true. Yeah. This is something that's been really interesting to me. I recently joined my local Arizona Libertarian party, Pima County one. And, uh, you know, just because I was interested in seeing what they're about, I, I have a lot of conversations with libertarians and, and have, you know, pretty much explained to them the same thing that Skeef had or did is like, we build things, you know, we go around. Um, oh, yeah. Another great thing that Joe Biden said, the greatest threat to America today is white supremacy. Definitely not central banking. Well, yeah, central banking, 100 percent, you know, huge threat. But I also think that people thinking that any of this is legitimate as a major threat. Yeah. But the, the beauty is too, and I know like a big part of this show is like, you know, kind of the negative aspect of shit coiners and all that, but like a positive aspect I think is, you know, just the, the sovereignty and the empowerment that Bitcoin brings. I mean, we're, you know, I, 
we're a couple of nobodies from nowhere and are at least, you know, speak for myself, like, you know, very close to opting out completely and exiting the whole thing. And, you know, and not, you know, in the financial part, such as a tiny, tiny part of it. It's just like the general ability to conduct your life how you choose and to associate with who you want, you know, to really practice freedom of association. You know, it's like, that's, to me, that's what, that's a lot of what, what Bitcoin offers. And so when Joe Biden says the greatest threat to America is white supremacy, and he's going to take your AR-15 and, um, Personally, I'm an AK-47 fan. I think AR-15s are for fancy people, but uh, you know they that they think, oh, I'm going to take this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to wealth tax, I'm going to do all this, you know. And you know, when we have Bitcoin, we have our wealth in Bitcoin. We can say, yeah, you guys, go ahead, you know, do your little games. Let me know how that works out. It's been tried before a whole bunch of times in history, and we'll be over here, opted out. You know, if the U.S. goes Soviet, we'll be in another country. We'll get out of here. We'll um, you know, get our passports from Katie, the Russian and kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've thought, I've been thinking about hitting up Katie. I was told, and I don't know if this is true. Maybe you could tell us in chat if it's true or not, that um, you could get a passport to Belize for like $200. Uh, all the numbers I've seen are six figures, but I don't know about Belize specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised you know, when I saw it. Um, the prices on Katie's website because I was talking to a guy that said he had just gotten it for $200 and was pretty surprised. Um, I mean, we could go be like John McAfee down there, RIP. Yeah. yeah. You got any thoughts on John? Uh, if you have a strong stomach, check out his uh, Netflix documentary. <laughs> it's, uh, I am quite the connoisseur, connoisseur of, uh, horrifically inappropriate stuff and that was that was almost i almost turned it off <laughs> really it's pretty rough was yeah. it the poop swing that got the, that was part of it for sure <laughs> yeah yeah john anyway i don't know if we want to <laughs> he's an interesting guy he is an interesting guy. played a role I definitely he was definitely a shit coiner oh, yeah. we know that yeah um yeah the people that are like you know I don't know, lost a hero, lost a whatever. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'd go that far. You know, I'd, I'm always happy anybody who, you know, kind of takes on the intelligence community or at least talks shit about them and things like that. But uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely would not uh, hold them up as any kind of model or idol or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's this like weird thing that happens when people die. Um, I noticed it a lot in, in high school when somebody died you know like everybody um surrounded that person if it was like relative it happened to me when i was like 15 like my dad died and you know everybody came up to me and it was like oh my gosh i'm sorry there's this one chick i, I asked her out like two months prior and she kind of like chuckled at me and laughed in my face and then like messaged me on facebook you know a week after he died and it was like if you ever need to talk i'm here for you yeah we're like you know, somebody, you know, if somebody we went to school with, everybody's posting on Facebook or whatever. Facebook was the thing back then um, about like how they'll miss them and they were like really good friends. And I think that's kind of what's happening with John McAfee right now. Like he was one of the most interesting, entertaining people. And then, and then there's also this attitude of like, it's not okay to like criticize them in any way, which I think is also 
not helpful. I saw that a lot when John McCain died. Oh um, yeah. But then there's also the people that like, like celebrate the death, which I think is also, you know, yeah, not appropriate. Um, like I remember when Trump got COVID this is one of my favorite moments oh, yeah. of 2020. Everybody was posted like hoping he died and stuff. Yeah. And that's a stuff like that. It's like people, I don't know. I think people need to be a lot more, I don't know. Like I'm not trying to go full new age hippie or whatever, but I do think people need to be a lot more conscious of the energy that they're putting out. And, you know, it's like how you interact with the world and it's, it's like, man, can you imagine like going around telling people you wish they were dead? Like all this stuff, like that's, I don't know. I just think that's got to come back to you in one way or the other. And it's like, why would you, like, why would you, why would you, first of all, why would you choose to be a miserable human hmm. just going around saying stuff like that? You yeah. Know, it's like, you know, I don't know, even if the world is better off without them, which there's definitely plenty of people where that's the case. It's like, even there. I would never, I, I try to, I don't know. I say a lot of awful stuff about politicians, but I try to limit it mostly generally to politicians and people who, yeah, I don't know. That was ultimately what got me booted from Twitter. But yeah, I mean, I just think it's kind of sick, you know, when people are like that angry, you know, like yeah. posting on Twitter and all sorts of stuff. Like, like you said, it's just, you gotta be pretty unhappy. It's it's fun to go on Twitter and like harass somebody like um, Steve Steve Hankey or Ralph Paul or you know these these goofballs that you know are saying really dumb stuff. But like, but the best part of the whole Trump getting COVID thing was <laughs> Regeneron. I didn't hear about that. Oh, he just popped up like nothing happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, I had it. I had it back in uh, May. I didn't even know I had it until like three or four days in, I thought it was like a pretty bad cold. And then I realized I couldn't smell anything. And I thought, I bet this is COVID. And then I found out a whole bunch of people at a party I had gone to the Saturday before tested positive. So um, yeah, 2020 hindsight wouldn't change anything. It was a great party. Nice. <laughs> you know, I was at the, uh, the grocery store the other day and I saw a bunch of people unmasked and became really upset. And I thought I was in a horror movie. Yeah. We were at, I was at Walmart uh, maybe three, four months ago. This was back. So I just moved to Arizona. I was up in the Pacific Northwest before. And so um, as I'm sure you can imagine, much higher rate of communist per capita up there. Um, but we were at, a, at was my kids at a Walmart. And this guy had a full on World War II gas mask on. And they just busted out laughing. They're pointing. They're laughing hysterically, and it's like I'm sitting there, like trying to tell them to cool it, but I'm laughing too hard because I'm like, why is this guy? He had a full, you know, straight out of, you know, what you might see in some World War II movie, which I don't know. He had a whole on, so they were laughing. I was laughing. I was trying to stop laughing so I could tell them to cool it. Just total fail on that. We just ended up laughing at him a whole bunch. It was a good time. I wonder if there's any of those masks around still. You could buy them on the internet. I bet you can grab them at military surplus and stuff like that. I'll have to go down to Miller's and check it out. Yeah, I might. I mean, that would be really funny. To, we could do we could do a giveaway of a World War II gas mask. We could do a parody even of like going into grocery stores like that. Get people's reactions. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like taking like whatever the ridiculousness 
Like, oh, you have, an, you have an N95? Stop trying to kill my grandma. You've got six masks on? Yeah. You don't have a gas mask. Yeah. Be a good time. But no, thankful. Uh, it's very nice to be down here where mo- most people are sensible. Like, I've only, I've been down here a couple of months and I've only gotten booted from one coffee shop, which is pretty nice. And I was, I was, I was getting booted from all kinds of places when I still lived up there. Shout out to Cartel Coffee. Lord. Cartel Coffee on the east side. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> on the east side? Yeah, it was the one on Tanka Verde. Is that Cartel? Or no, not Cartel. Savaya. Sorry. Oh, Savaya. I take that back. Cartel, you're cool. The one on Campbell. That's a good spot. It's a bummer. Uh, Those guys have good Savaya coffee. coffee. Go fuck yourself. Oh. Those guys have good coffee, though. They do. Very good. Yeah, I went I went one day. Nobody cared. I went the next day. The guy said, sir, where's your mask? I don't have one. He goes, well, I can't serve you. I'm like, all right, bye. It's not like not the only place in Tucson to get coffee. Get out of here, you grandma <laughs> killer. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. But that was another thing. Like it just empowers the worst people. It empowers, you know, your little lefty with a sleeve and you know, no valid perspective on the world, but they've got their little power trip they can go on and yell at people and I don't know. I just laugh. I think it's a good time. It was the kid that was the snitch in middle school. Oh yeah. That it was always on a power trip. Yeah. Well, and it's it tends. I think it tends to, to also be people who are very they're very upset with their lot in life. They're like, oh, I'm I'm so much smarter. I'm so much whatever. I should be making a lot more money. I should do this. I should do that, blah blah blah. And it's like, either no, I'm gonna tell you, you can either make it happen or you don't. Like, it's whining about it and being a total miserable prick is, is no way to go about it. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, like I had a few breaking points during, you know, this past year. And like one of them was when the Las Vegas school district declared an emergency after like 17 kids in their district uh, committed suicide. And then uh, like the other one, I I read a stat that like 40% of uh, Tucson, um, and I might be misquoting that number, but it was a very, very large amount, was on the verge of losing their basic utilities, like water and electricity. Um, and I just lost it. Like, I, my girlfriend, like, <laughs> had to, like, talk me down off a cliff because I was losing my mind so much of, like, this is, this, these are just the people that we're dealing with. Like, Katie the Russian was on my podcast at one point. Oh, she's, nice. Yeah, she said, um, these people hate you. Yeah, the state and, hates you. It's, it, I mean, it's very apparent. Yeah. Biden's really good at like making that obvious how much he yeah. hates us. And that's why it's like people that aren't awake yet, I've just more or less written off because it's like, you know, we're almost to the end of June 2021. You know, the shit started over a year ago, but not started, but really got going over a year ago last March. And it's like, if you're still asleep, I don't. I got nothing for you. Like, why don't you go, go try and figure it out and, and maybe we can chat, but mm. it's, you know, I mean, I take my kids to the park. I, you know, it's 110 degrees outside and I see, you know, little eight year olds wearing masks running around outside. Are you fucking kidding me? Like it's, I don't know. It's like, it's like being in the middle of the grocery store and seeing a kid just get backhanded or something like that. It's like, what are we doing? Like, I don't, you know, and it's like all my ideas on what to do about it would get me arrested. So I just, kind of don't do anything to do just show them real vision yeah yeah tell them to go buy xrp have you ever heard of icp yeah. that's a anytime somebody like 
talks about the environment or it's like Bitcoin's bad for the environment or whatever, I always, I always completely agree with them. And I tell them that uh, XRP is like Bitcoin without all the climate justice issues. And uh, I say, if you're really, you know, concerned about the environment, definitely go buy XRP. It's Bitcoin without the climate justice issues. Should the SEC try and go after Ral, or do you think he's too much uh, by the state? I I don't know. I'm 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 an anarchist through and through. So I don't I would. The only my only thoughts other than the SEC is that the whole thing should burn in a fire. Um, I don't, I don't want to rely on it. Um, Joe Rogers, hello. Um, so should they go after? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I want them to be brought down by people, you know, waking up to what the hell's going on, not by some government agent knocking on his door. Because it's easy to say, oh, the government should go after our enemies, you know, whatever, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's a matter of time before they, before they flip that on us. And it's like, we should, we need to just eliminate that power from the beginning and not, not try to direct it at the right place. In my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, I, I don't want to see the SEC get involved with this. Um, nor do I think they should in any way, shape or form. I mean, it's i think we're in a major transition right now where people are have been so reliant on the state to protect them you know when it comes to securities and and stuff like that so like when most people walk into uh bitcoin and shit coins they Thanks for your contribution, Durga. Uh, when they walk into Bitcoin and shit coins, they think it's the stock market and they think it's like the exact same thing. There's a complete disconnect. They don't understand that somebody could be selling them vaporware snake oil and um, they're getting scammed. They they see it as like the equivalent of like an, investing in Ethereum is like investing in Microsoft is, is what they think, you know, and people need to get out of that. You know, they need to understand... Um, well, whether they need to or not, um, I think it'd be helpful for them to understand that, uh, you know, responsibility lies on their shoulders, you know, to protect themselves. Like they've, they, we've all been assuming so much counterparty risk by relying on this financial system. And so many people are going to get wrecked. Like nobody has physical ownership of anything. It's all an IOU and their 401ks and, and passive retirement funds. And, um, you know, Bitcoin is this beautiful thing because you can, like you were saying earlier, like you can just have it um, on your hardware wallet and hop the border to Mexico and go down or wherever. Your, or in your brain. Yeah, or in your brain. And I mean, that like actual owning and having custody of your own assets, I think is incredibly important. Um, so that's my thoughts. I don't think that CC should get involved. Like you know, this is why we do what we do and why toxic Bitcoiners are so important because we need to, you know, like uh ratio these guys into oblivion mm -hmm. you know the, the free market doesn't mean that you just allow scammers to to scam like that you know the free market's built on reputation you know you get customers because you have a track record you know and you're trusted not because the regulator says you're doing a good job of doing whatever you're doing and yeah. So, okay, what is this question? Have you guys seen the paper that came out from ASU that analyzed SEC trades in the markets and found that they have a higher average returns? 
turns out before they investigate a company, they have to sell all their equity in the company. So they sell before the negative news. <laughs> Drops the stock price. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and then on top of that, you know, once they leave, they go. Where, I mean, like I, I didn't. Apparently, everybody knew this except me. But I just found out recently that Coinbase's main lawyer was literally the prosecutor in Ross's case. Oh wow! Are you fucking kidding me? Like I forget her name. Which screw it. It doesn't matter what her name is. She should be forgotten. But we're gonna have to do a segment on Brian Ernstern then. Yeah, I mean, it's just that guy's such a tool. I don't know, and it's like, yeah, and I don't know. Kind of going back to the breed love thing, like just. Like that was, you know, the interview that's been floating around is when he went on Vallis with American Hoddle and then Eric Kaysen. And Vallis and Eric Kaysen basically had to lay out to him, you know, like I said, Mr. Bitcoin, Jordan Peterson, you know, the morals on why we don't shitcoin, you know, and he's like clearly didn't get it. Like that was, that was what initially raised my, you know, kind of red flags. I think that interview was early May, something like that. So maybe a month before, before he did the BitCloat stuff. And I was like, how, like, how do you need this explained to you? Like, this is, you know, it's like I, if somebody's coming up to you and says, oh, here's the morals of why we don't participate in, you know, human trafficking or something like that. It's like, what? No, like, these, like, I don't care if it gets you more sats. Like, these are, these are evil entities. Like, you're, you're promoting, you're promoting evil in the world. Like, you're promoting terrible, terrible stuff in the world. And it's, it's like you're actively hurting the mission of, of, of uh you know of ending human slavery joe says mr bitcoin jordan peterson i highly doubt that's original so i do not want to claim that um i like that <laughs> gonna use that from now on yeah i mean it's i was talking to somebody about this you know about why they shouldn't be shitcoining you know one just based on the risk um associated with it it was my main argument for them because i thought they had a little bit more higher morals and they had were completely clueless to what they were doing. Their response was, I have to go dump my bags on somebody else, you know, on some sucker. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like, it's like the same idea as like going and selling lemon cars to people that are just going to fall apart the instant they drive off the lot. Like there's, it's just so scammy. And you would think that people have a little bit more integrity than that. But yeah, when it's such a, it kind of, Tucson looks like a shit coiner. Hey, you bite your hell yeah. ICP. Yeah, that's right. Tucson is not a shit coiner. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It has Dirtbags Bar where you can hang out, experience culture. No, I do. I love the desert so much. I mean, I'm so happy to be back. I guess that is kind of an accurate statement. I would agree. I don't know if he's talking about me or the city. Um, oh, but oh yeah, that's true. But yeah, uh, real quick, going back to what um, there was a question in there: Should the SEC have inside or be allowed to trade on inside information, pretty much, or should they be allowed to own stocks? I mean, this is what we're trying to do with Bitcoin: is um, you know eliminate this, you know, eliminate the state and their role in markets, and um, so that doesn't have to be a question that we ask in the future. Because you know, going back to what Skeef was saying earlier, if we went in and you know, we we're going to come up with all these like campaign finance laws and, you know, other, yeah. you know, government regulations. Um, we're kind of playing their game and we're going to lose. I mean, they. this is this idea that's really funny about, okay, so like Cardano, for example, 
has three different wings, you know, development. They have input output global, they have um, Emergo and they have the Cardano foundation. And so there's like three separate, you know, groups doing different things and they call that decentralization, you know, for some reason. And um, it's kind of like ICP, they have three separate research facilities. And that I think is trying to, you know, promote this idea of decentralization. While the Fed has 12 different regional banks, and I think it's the same exact idea of like trying to promote decentralization, sounds but it's pretty, not. Sounds pretty decentralized to me. Yeah. More than Cardano. And so, and so, you know, this idea of the government having checks and balances and being decentralized, like, you know, the courts are supposed to be, you know, pushed back on the executive branch and the legislative branch, you know, ruling whether it's legal or not. But, you know, it's a game of the government against us and they have the referees, you know, they are the referees and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. So I don't think, you know, worrying about like whether the SEC should be able to trade. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, so fun fact, but I think it's, uh, I don't know. Well, and it's, it's like, we, we are actively working and I think succeeding wildly at, destroying their ability to accumulate power and resources. And that's, that's the game, you know, and that's, that's again, like kind of going back to the libertarian folks, just because, you know, at the end of the day, if you are awake on central banking and you hate the state, you're my people. Even if, even if you're a gold bug, even if, you know, it's like, those are, those are the principles that, that I think, you know, really matter. And it's like, I, you know, I want as many of them to be Bitcoiners as possible, obviously, but it's like with those people, it's like, no, we, you know, if we're not destroying their ability to accumulate power and destroying their ability to accumulate resources, then, you know, we might as well just go vote for Republicans or I don't know, whatever, go play golf or I don't know, watch sitcoms, all this stuff. I mean, it's like, that's, I don't know, there's this idea, there's a telegram group associated with it, but like this idea of the, like the remnant, you know, and it's kind of weaves in with that idea of, you know, like the mob and the mob doesn't matter and all these things, but there's this idea that there's, there's a remnant, like there's a, there's a, there's a subset of the population that's relatively small. You know, I don't know what that number is, you know, single digit percent, maybe a little higher who or probably, I don't know. yeah, I don't I have no idea what the number is, but anyway, basically there's a subset of the population who, you know, is awake and empowered and able to actively change the way the world works and to, to affect, you know, where all this is going. And, it's like those to me, like those are the people I want to associate with, you know, those are the people that I want to be around and interact with and, and talk to and, and everything like that. And everyone else can, you know, can go get the vax and wear a mask <laughs> and whatever else it is that they, that they want to do. Get a framed picture of Dr. Fauci on your wall. Yeah. No, I really like that. And, and I think that's, you know, I, I'm totally in the same boat of like why I kind of walk in the circles of libertarian and the libertarian party is because I think they're so close. You know, and I want to, if, if there's anybody there, you know, I want them to have access to some good information, not get swept away by the shit coiners that are going. I mean, it's just amazing. Like these shit coiners, they, they go and, you know, infiltrate and try and like steer people away from any sort of, um, you know, solution at, at the Bitcoin meetup. So you got to be on them a little bit, watching out. But yeah, Tucson looks like a shit coin or ICP and singing. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Joe. When you see an ICP, 
uh, bumper sticker. It, it, you know, it is they had a soda. It was called Feo. Really? Yeah. I wonder if that's still around. I was, I was thinking about going and trying to find some before the show, so I, we could be drinking some Feo on here. Um, but yeah. Hey, Joe Rogers. Uh, Chihuahuas are Fiat dogs. Your thoughts? I agree. Joe's got a couple chihuahuas. Oh, poor guy. Ron Swanson says any dog under 40 pounds is actually a cat, and cats are worthless <laughs> creatures. <laughs> I've always hated cats. I know some people really like cats, but it's something I can't. Is Alex the shit coining spook everyone is looking for? <laughs> I could be. You, yeah. What's a purity? You know, this is brought up a lot. You know, by the shit coinage. What's the purity test for if somebody's a shit coiner or not? Um, I mean, I personally, I think the only, which I don't, I don't have any interaction with shit coins. Um, but the only morally defensible interaction that I can think of would be shorting or something like that. Which, and that's. I don't know shit about trading, so I've never even considered that. But like I like the people that say, "Oh, I flip them for more sats or whatever." It's like you're, in my opinion, providing liquidity hmm. to a scam and just just participating with it. And again, it goes back to, you know, what are, what are we here for? Like we're in my I don't even think we're here to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible. I don't think that's the end goal. I think the end goal is eradicating human slavery and promoting human flourishing. And, you know, creating a world that, you know, we want our grandkids to inherit and, you know, creating something that they can opt into, you know, rather than like where we are today, you know, the most of the extent of what we can do is, is opt out of the bullshit, um, which is a huge step forward. But to like actively create something that, you know, people in the future will be able to opt into, I think is, is pretty cool. And I don't know. It's like if we're remotely right about Bitcoin, any you know somebody who just started buying today is going to be wealthy beyond their wildest dreams within a decade or two anyway. And so it's like, okay, so what do we what do we do with that? You know, what do we what do we build? What do we what do we enable? I don't know. And the, just the number of people like Breedlove, not to keep you know beating a dead horse, but that that lose sight of that and that think there's something else. You know, because it's abundantly clear that that guy got wrecked in when Bitcoin went from fifties down to thirties and mm. a whole bunch of people who were trading on this idea that we're about to head into altcoin moon season. And, you know, you know, Bitcoin's at 50, it's about to go to a hundred and everything else is going to rip. And a lot of people were leveraged trading on that idea and they got just destroyed when it went from fifties down to thirties. And then it's been there for the last whatever, couple of months or something like that. And, I don't know to see. Yeah. Oh, is there two chats? I've got the stream up on the left screen. Oh, nice. And then OBS on the right. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, and then the chat just to watch it is over there. Yeah. Lots of gadgets happening. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with that. Like, if, if you understand what Bitcoin is about, it becomes the most important thing in your life or one of the most important things. And like, I look to Mike Peterson a lot. I mean, I think he's a, you know, great example of what to strive for with what he's done 
you know, in Bitcoin Beach and, you know, there's other people like that um, that I really look up to and, and I agree. Like I, I definitely like want to live comfortably with my life, but like ultimately I strive to have a sense of meaning and purpose, you know, to know that I'm doing something that matters and, you know, not to be a nihilist that's just trying to, you know, get some gains or whatever, you know, throw some bucks at Doge. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, my definition of a shit coiner is somebody that like just promotes blatant scams to people, you know, and is not willing to do the research or, or either knowingly does it. Um, so that's personally my purity test of like, um, and I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, the people that are kind of oblivious to it, I am a lot more patient with. Definitely. Um, like when somebody comes to the meetup and starts, you know, shilling ETH or whatever, um, I politely let them know that, you know, this is Bitcoin only and um, they're welcome. And, uh, you know, and if they're willing to have a decent conversation about it, you know, then I'm happy to have it, I, you know, but yeah. I love it when uh, people describe Bitcoin as a cult. Yeah. I well, I uh, I was I won't say who. Well, I obviously won't say who. But anyway, I was talking to somebody a while ago uh, that I know totally outside of Bitcoin or whatever, and accused me of being a religious fundamentalist on Bitcoin. And I said, "Yeah, that's probably fair." And they're like, they're "Like, yeah, like you're, you know, you're such a fundamentalist, or whatever." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, on fundamentalism, you know, you put me toe to toe with some guy with six wives out in the Utah desert." probably hold my own you know as far as like having a very like strict narrow kind of view of the world but it's like i think what a lot of people miss is like how how a person gets there and it's like you know shout out to joe rogers turned me onto this idea but it is like there's 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 proof of work in people and there's 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 proof of work like people who really grok the value proposition of bitcoin and arrive at you know, what we affectionately call toxic maximalism. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of understanding and researching a whole bunch of different things. It takes an ego death because everybody arrives at a point of, of man, if I had just figured this out X number of years earlier, I'd be this much wealthier, or this much, have this much more Bitcoin or richer or whatever. And it's like arriving at a point of realizing well, I can't change anything in the past. You know, it is what it is. All I can do is make the future better than than what it is right now. And, you know, it's like, you know, I fucked that up. I missed out. You know, I could have had, I, you know, everybody's got that story of the person that told him, told him about it in 2010, 2011, 2012, whatever. And then just didn't touch it for years and years and years, which is you know, exactly my story. And just kind of realizing like, well, I can't go back and change anything, but I can certainly, I, I understand it now. So I can, I can change it. I can change things moving forward. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Don Reddy says shit coiners are like cats. It's true. There's probably a few people in the, yeah, in the crowd that like cats. If you're a cat maximalist, feel free to call in and tell us why we're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I got to figure out this Discord thing. Might have to go back to just doing regular phone calls. That might be easier, but. We'll see. I don't know if you can put somebody on hold on signal. I don't know. We can test it out. Yeah. Do some test runs. But yeah, it's. So yeah, I think we covered it. ICP. A lot of garbage. Yeah. 
reasonably reasonably good first show i'd say uh would have been a Slightly better with uh, some commentary from Joe Rogers on why Chihuahuas are or are not Fiat dogs, but I think that's kind of my only complaint. Yeah. Well, if you want to check us out again, we'll be a little bit more uh, up to speed technically next week, Mondays, 5.30 Mountain State Time, yeah. Mountain Standard Time. We're like weird in Arizona, so it's like 5.30 Pacific Time right now. Um, but yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. Yeah. Check out BitCloud Jesus Consulting Firm and uh, please use our promo code Breedlove Got Wrecked. And Dirtbags Bar, best place to meet your next ex wife. That's right. In Southern Arizona, at least. Yeah. Can't vouch for the rest of the country. I, I would probably say best in the country. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you uh, are listening and know of a better place to meet your future ex wife, definitely let us know. <laughs> thank you for the support, Don Reedy. Yeah. Thank you, Don. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that show and really looking forward to where it's going. I think just having the live participation and interaction is going to be a lot of fun. And I think people are going to really enjoy it. I know I will, regardless. Um, you know, the chat is always fun to interact with on my occasional live streams on this channel. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the call in feature I think is going to be a blast. But we're, we're in a battle right now. You know, Bitcoin is incredibly important and it's growing more important than ever because of what these maniacs are doing to our money, what they're doing to our society. And Bitcoin is the only way to opt out of it. And we talked about that, you know, in this episode and how the shit coins just really stand in the way of any sort of real uh, progress. Um, I, I think they serve a purpose in, you know, bringing all the people out of Bitcoin that want to do silly, stupid things and, you know, and entertaining them with their NFTs or, or whatever. But, um, you know, we're trying to do something like really monumental and impactful for society and for humanity. You know, we want people to stop being taken advantage of by central bankers and very small groups of people that control the money. And that is huge. You know, that is so much bigger you know, than these silly smart contracts, which still rely on a third party to, you know, facilitate any sort of meaningful interaction in real life. If you're um, tying like a house to a smart contract or something like that, like it doesn't matter, you know, what the blockchain says, you know, blockchain has one purpose and it's money. And Bitcoin does that perfectly. And it gets me excited that we have that option today. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed this. If you want to check out the show um, and all the platforms we're on, check out ToxicAirwaves.show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Toxic underscore uh, Airwaves. And yeah, I think that's about it. Hope you have a good one.